Hello, and welcome to the Leadership to Wealth podcast. I'm Neil D'Souza, your host, and I'm here to let you know that we are slightly changing our format. We are taking the most high-value moments of each conversation we have on the podcast and putting those into the audio version, which you're about to hear. You can get the entire conversation on our Leadership to Wealth YouTube page. So you can catch the rest there when you go and subscribe. Thanks for being a listener of Leadership to Wealth and enjoy this episode. On today's show, we've got a real estate investor who's been in the business for 20 years, has been teaching people about real estate, has been selling real estate, has made a lot of good investment decisions and had a number of investment failures along the way. But of course, continue to learn and continue to teach others and has really learned that there is a power in pouring and investing into the people and team around you. On today's episode, Joe Killinger. Joe, I'm so glad to have you on uh, with us today. Uh, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me on. The, the question that I would maybe pose to you, um, you know, even though I'm in real estate and I've got all my thoughts, I, I'd like to throw this out at to you, why would people be looking at real estate anymore? I mean, it, it kind of seems like it's on the way down and maybe maybe it, it's out there. Maybe we should be looking at cryptocurrency. What's your thought? You do not want to look at cryptocurrency right now. Okay. Um, it, it, and honestly, that's something that business, I think it'll probably be a they'll it'll rebound. But I, to what degree? I don't know. I haven't really looked yeah. at it. Yeah. So, so why real estate versus something not, like crypto? I mean, if Neil, you take a business like this right now, and I'm going to go back a little bit. So, okay. Since 20, 2008, 2009, you know, we've been in an up market, right? Yeah. And so, and this is what I'm telling everybody right now. There, there's a huge opportunity coming in commercial real estate. Everybody got away from the fundamentals because it was so easy to make money in real estate. Nobody was doing all the basics. And that's it. And at our commercial brokerage here in Los Angeles, we teach the basics from day one. So listen, if you don't do this in any downturn, you're going to get left behind and you're starting to see it. Um, but, you know, we're getting away from the basics is something that it can really be. It needs to be there. And right now you need to be doing all your social networking. You need to be doing an email program. You need to be doing uh, all kinds of networking where you can find because there is going to be opportunity in a downturn. I think it's a great time to get into it. I've been through a few downturns, <laughs> probably too many, but it brings opportunity. And the people that are out there doing it and doing it right are going to find that opportunity. And, you know, you have to cast a wider net, right? But there is going to be opportunity. And yeah. that's why I think, and I'm just speaking about commercial real estate, residential, that that's not really my thing. I know a little, I was doing some of it years ago. Um, but I don't do a whole lot of it, but I mean, you know, if, if I'm speaking about Los Angeles, you know, it, it's kind of, it's always almost the last one in to the recession and it doesn't dip very far. And it's always the first one out because we got such a large population, such a small area. So, um, that's the only aspect I had for th that I could touch on on residential, but commercial, there's going to be deals available and there's going to be opportunity. So that's why it's a good time to really get in and put your head down you want to be it's it's for real entrepreneurs right it was mm -hmm. somebody put a, a a meme out yesterday about these big companies and all these teams 
that there, you know, there's six, seven people on a team and the people that aren't producing on those teams, which is going to be the younger people are probably going to be let go. And so, you know, if you're an entrepreneur and you're out there building your own thing and you're on your own, I really think it's the path to a path to success. Right. Okay. I've, I've got to ask this question, Joe, because there are, sometimes it feels like there are more, uh, agents than there are uh, buyers out there and oh, yeah. um <laughs> and and i'm thinking why like for the num for the uh, number of uh people that are looking to buy sell all this kind of stuff there yeah. is a huge number of uh realtors real estate agents and they're all acting like they're making money <laughs> that's what we do uh, you, know, you kind of have to yeah. but you know in Austin, Texas, 53% of real estate agents have given up their license. Dallas, Texas, 20%. They're dropping out pretty quickly. And now yeah. I don't know if they just didn't renew their license or they actually canceled their license, but those are big numbers. And those are people that were doing this part-time or yeah. weren't taking it serious. They're going to drop out. So I think, yeah. you know, the the pool uh, of deals is going to get better, you know, because yeah. you're going to, you're losing a lot of the people that weren't performing. Well, oh, Joe, here, I got to say this because I think there's that there's this whole chunk of of that of the industry, which I'm I'm in too, just on the other side, on the finance side. But (laughs) there's a huge chunk of the industry that they will talk about this, but then they're not even doing it themselves. And, you know, they're trying to tell us, hey, you should buy this. You should buy that. Are you are you an investor in commercial real estate as well? You bet I am. I speak okay. from experience. I started off. Yeah, you know what? I should give you a little bit of a background, shouldn't I? It, yeah. I started off uh, in real estate auctions in 94, 95. And if you ever want a time to start a business, not a good time. It was just strictly RTC, Freddie Mac, Fannie Mae, um, foreclosures. That's all we were doing. So we auctioned yeah. those off. And um I got my now business partner, George Pino. He's the CEO of our commercial brokerage company, actually laid me off at our old company. That's how I really got to know him when the day he laid me off. And then so I went over to another company that was launching a a real an auction company, a real estate auction company. And George called me about a month later and said, listen, I'm going to get laid off. Uh, What's out there? And so I told him, I said, listen, if you want to come work with me, let's split everything 50 50. Wait, 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 wait. Hang on. He laid you off. Yeah. You you went somewhere else and then he called you back and said, yeah, OK, yeah. got it. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing. And this is what we all have to remember is the secretarial pool back then in the yes. 90s. They knew everything. So you just stayed in touch with the secretarial pool because right. at the big companies. And so I was told that George is going to get laid off. So I was half expecting a call. And okay. so I just said, listen, why don't you just come work with me? You know how to do the closing side of it. He handled closings at this old company and I handled the marketing side of it. And so within 18 months, we were the number two auction company in, in the Western region. And we were landing Freddie Mac, uh, some Fannie Mae, RTC properties, developers. Um, so it worked out very, very well for us. But when we got going, uh, we started, and, and that was short lived, right? Now it's all online. So we did that mm-hmm. about five or six years. And then we went into just doing regular brokerage. We thought, well, let's do some residential and some bulk sales with our old bank contacts. And so we did that and we realized quickly residential wasn't for us. And so we just focused on the commercial stuff and the bulk sales. 
Um, but then we started buying and our first investment uh, was a home run. And we bought 10 units, terrible. It was a low income area in Los Angeles, 275,000. Thought we were overpaying. And we sold it six years later for 1.2, uh, 1.275 actually. And, but now our second investment, because we got a little cocky with the first one, right? The second investment, we bought a three-story walk-up in a low-income area. Mm -hmm. Never, ever buy a three-story walk-up in a low-income area because what we didn't realize is that it, it was largely Hispanic community and big families. These units were huge. Who's going to carry those groceries up those steps? And we had to really discount those units to keep the, the top ones leased out. And right. yeah, it was a mess. So because nobody uh, wants to have to walk up three, uh, no, three stories. Yeah, yeah, we really missed on that one. So that's how we started. So we kept buying multifamily. We ended up owning a couple, few hundred units around L.A. Uh, and then we started buying in Dallas, Texas. And we just sold out of our multifamily there about a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. And we bought some STNL assets in Allen, Texas and Dallas, Texas. And mm -hmm. uh, they're performing very well. So that's. We do have a pretty significant brokerage and uh, investment background. Right. Okay. That sounds great. Now, I'm just, as a fellow investor, I'm curious with that, uh, with that three story, was there the ability, I mean, looking in hindsight, was there the ability to maybe convert those large family units into uh, perhaps smaller units for uh, Not single the way family the or, configured. You know, yeah, okay. it yeah. wasn't. We weren't. We thought of it. We're like, we got to do something here. <laughs> yeah. Maybe use a fire escape to really make a back entrance because there was a back entrance, a fr uh, front entrance. But yeah. the way it was all laid out, yeah, no. But we're fortunate yeah. we got out of it. And yes, I think we made a little bit of money, but no, <laughs> we got lucky. Yeah. So yeah, and but on, the, so on the brokerage side, you know, we've been doing this now for. We've had this company, Commercial Brokers International, for 17 years. Um, we're right now in the process of, well, we were the broker of record for uh, the boring company, Elon Musk Boring Company. Um, right now, we're working on uh, an interesting project where we're bringing human carrying drones to uh, LA, where you're going to be able to get off at LAX, uh, take a cab or an Uber or Lyft to uh, a pad where you can get in a drone. And that's going to fly you to another location like downtown LA. And then you'll be able to take and tra transport out from there. And so we're in the process of doing all that. So we've had some interesting stuff as well. Okay. Hang on a second. What, <laughs> what did you just say? You're, you're involved yeah. in creating drones that are going to fly people from the airport to their destination. Yeah. yeah well, we, we are not with a drone. We are with a company that handles the landing pads. Yes. So we go out and lease places for them to land. There's 200 and some odd companies building these human carrying drones. And so we just lease out the pads. And then there's like a small little uh, shop. And then there's a place that can, you know, mechanics can do it. And these drones are incredible. You guys should go online and see them. They have like eight or nine propellers on them. Super quiet, super fat. You'll be able to go from near LAX to downtown LA in a matter of minutes compared yeah. to, and it's not much more than like an Uber X. It'll be a little bit more than that, but not much. So they're working on the pricing schedule right now. Wow. Bypass all the traffic, all of that yeah. stuff. Um, it's like yeah. something out of uh, Blade Runner. All of a sudden yeah. we have all these, these yeah. drones yeah, they're flying very through creative. there. And we got that because of all the stuff we were doing with the boring company. And we, so we've kind of got a, yeah. a special niche there. And our CEO is, George, is phenomenal at it. 
Wow, that's fantastic. Okay, so you, you've got your hands in a lot of uh, different pots there, or you've, you've yeah. done a lot of different things. Uh, I just want to go back to your previous example because I think it, there's probably a lesson in there. Yeah. From your first victory, you know, 275 to 1.275. Yeah. To an almost dud. You got yeah. lucky. I, I would call it a dud because we didn't really make, I mean, if we made a couple points, that would be it. Yeah. What, what was, what was the lesson that you, the real lessons that you got out of that? And, and why we, do you think that you went from that to, you know, from victory to almost failure? ego i'd say and we really thought we had it figured out because we'd sold we'd broker deals right for other people um what we learned is you know ask more questions and i always tell everybody when i'm mentoring and this is why i mentor because i've made a lot of mistakes is um you know make sure your due diligence you got to treat it like it's a business Mm -hmm. and you know we were doing other things and investment was kind of a side thing that we were doing we had a lot of brokerage going on I mean, when we were doing the auctions, we were doing six, seven hundred properties a year. So we had a couple of closings each day. So there's a lot of paperwork going back and forth, a lot of showings to organize. There was a lot happening. And so we probably took our eye off the ball and we weren't treating it like a real business. And I think it, having a home run in the very beginning and, you know, it kind of we got a little too cocky. And but you've got to treat it like a business and your due diligence is so critical. Get down boots on the ground, start talking to the neighbors. You know, we just kind of thought, Oh, we're going to go in here and this is what we're going to do with this property. And that's not, that wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's a couple of things that I'm, I'm hearing there. I, I really appreciate you, sh- you sharing that piece about the ego, because that's, I think, especially in the market that we've, we've been coming through, really yeah. for the last 30 years if you ask me it, yeah. it's it we've had pretty much an up cycle and i think a lot of people have bought into their own press in many yeah. ways and and so i would almost say uh, you, you, from what you were saying in terms of make sure you're doing your due diligence is real estate really the place to keep going if you can't see that next that next step, what protects you from uh, from the downside risk, especially as we're looking into job losses, which we started mentioning. I mean, just had the election. We're still waiting for the final results, but it looks <laughs> like it's going to be pretty tumultuous. We've got, yeah. uh, y- you know, there's a war in Ukraine going on, which, yeah. y- you know, is being funded uh, yeah. out of out of all these Western countries. So. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of instability there, and uh, and it looks like the horizon looks like a, it could be a downward trend. What, why should people still be looking in this direction? Long term, it's still one of the best investments out there. Yeah. It's just, I really think that, you know, if you do your basics and you really study the market, now this depends on your market. You know, if, yeah. if you're in, I'm from Nebraska, so if you're, Small town Nebraska. That's a completely different deal than Wait, Nebraska. Corn Huskers. Oh yeah, Let's yeah. Not talk okay. About it. I'm okay. Very okay. Got it. Got frustrated it. with it. No, we can talk about it. I was. I just. Um, I have hopes for this new coach. I really hope yeah. there. This. You know, he was brought up. I like, he was an assistant coach and as a head coach. So I, I have a lot of hopes for him. I. Uh, yeah. 
I know he's got a good team. He's just got to get it organized. It's, you well, know, it goes back to team building, right? You got to get everybody working, going yeah. the same direction. And that's what yeah. he's going through. Yeah. Well, if if you're from Nebraska, you're you're either a football player or a wrestler, one of the two. So yeah, yeah, there was I know both. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's very important. But no, real estate to me is, as long as you you buy it right, you've got to you've got to really break down. You know, there's a lot of historical data, and you need to go in and take a look at it, and you've got to really base your decision on your investment on this is what my return is. I mean, I've got so many people right now that are just excited to go into a slowdown because they've got cash sitting on the sideline. They're just waiting to buy. And I think there's just going to be a lot of opportunity when it turns. I mean, I've got friends that bought in the last downturn and they retired four years later. They bought it all up and they're just like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. And, you know, they were pretty young at the time. Oh, I I love what you're saying. Absolutely agree with you 100%. I think that one of the things that I've learned is that oftentimes people are waiting for the market to look a certain way. And for for the regular person, they're looking for it to be going in this up cycle. Even though they know you should be buying low and selling high, they're usually buying high because that's the excitement, right? So they're jumping in at that point in time. And unfortunately, those buyers tend to lose out the most. Yeah. But then even for investors, when, when you move over to investors that are supposed to know this, even they get caught into somewhat of that trap. And mm-hmm. but what I'm seeing, what I see for investors, and I was caught in it before as well as when the opportunity is there, you don't have cash. You don't have the funding, the financing yep. available to be able to uh you know, enjoy that opportunity. And usually, I, I'm sure like yourself, you had to lose out on on seeing a previous cycle go through yeah. before you can start to look at this one and go, oh, this one's coming. Um, we need to yeah. need to have something ready. And so what what would you say about that for people that are interested in being an investor, uh, people that perhaps are trying to prepare and then they're saying, but what sector is it going to be in? What should I be looking at? How do I know when it's time? You know, there's a lot of very sophisticated investors ask that same question. <laughs> and that's why, you know, they've got a lot of money is they keep asking themselves that. Yeah. You know, they're like, what's next? Where's the next opportunity? And I mean, it's hard to say. It depends. On, I mean, we've got so much going on in L.A. right now that they're they're looking and we'll hopefully we'll know later today they're looking to put a sales tax it's very substantial sales tax on real estate anything over five million is going to get a sales tax i mean this is on top of everything else commissions everything a sales tax of 4.4 percent anything over five million 4.4 percent anything over 10 million five percent and i think santa Mm -hmm. monica was over i think it was over eight million and you know so there's a lot of ifs right now right everybody's kind of set this last week um but you know as far as the money if you're you're, if you only have you know a hundred thousand or less or you know getting into an stnl is going to be very hard to do maybe you start off with smaller multifamily um, or smaller retail building i don't think office is such a scary thing right now right it's our office investors are just sitting they're like trying to figure out what to do Mm -hmm. um but start off small and don't take too big of a piece. If you're going to be self-managing and especially, uh, 
you know, you better know how to do it. You better know how to manage the property. You better understand the local um, restrictions on the laws. And, you know, you have to know all that. So you got to prep yourself. So if you don't have money right now, you should be prepping. You should be watching every YouTube channel, every vi every video you can get your hands on, listening to podcasts like yours. Education. And yeah. when you have it, you're ready to go. Because, like I said before, this is a business. And you have to be prepared because... I've seen a lot of investors that, you know, they bought the last couple of years and now their loans are coming due. And what are they going to do? Interest rate is yeah. considerably higher than what they, I mean, they bought top of market and it's probably dipped a little bit in their market and now they need to refi. So there's going to be a lot of opportunity out there. Yeah. Yeah, Deep absolutely. And, and I think each of those, you, you mentioned a, a number of them. And I think we need to clarify that each of those areas are a completely different market when you go oh, yeah. from residential to multifamily from multifamily to office uh to industrial right and mm -hmm. all of these spaces uh, are uh, are very different demographics very different uh, underlying data that you need to be looking at right mm -hmm. due diligence that you need to look at and um now and you mentioned about uh, the office space there just yeah. briefly I I watched over COVID when you know when COVID hit I watched a property that went from six and a half million dollars to uh, you couldn't get someone to offer one and a half on it. Now it it was it was a little crazy, um, but of course it was it was this thing that nobody knew about what is about to happen right? right and so as a result everybody backed off now you know would have been amazing if you could have bought that building for one and a half if you had right. one and a half million sitting in your pocket but yeah. uh it's it's interesting to look at that space specifically because we have seen such a huge change in the world where mm -hmm. people are working more and more remotely and so are we beginning to see a downsizing in the office space, in the uh, in the office buildings, in those types of markets? I wish I had a crystal ball on that one, Neil. But I tell you, I sit on both sides. Every office broker says no. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, Facebook earlier, I think late last week, walked away from 547,000 square feet of office in Austin. Mm -hmm. um that's fairly small market that's a big hit so what do you do with that um i do think we are going to go back to more people being in the office i think to you know companies are figuring out how to to really work with their employees at least i hope so um but they're they're figuring it out maybe it's gonna be three or four days in the office and you know a day at home or fridays at home or um but i do think office is going to have to evolve and they've got to figure out how to make it more productive in their, in their offices. And so, mm -hmm. you know, we're seeing it, it's going to have to evolve. Yeah. You know, and I just don't, I think there's companies are going to be downsizing over the next couple of years. Now you got to remember when Facebook, Twitter, all these companies are doing these mass layoffs, you know, they had all these people because they were, they're building to, to grow and grow and grow. Right. Well, now it's all about we need to make money. So that's where this they'll they'll eventually grow again, you know, and how much office space will they need then? And how much is it going to be work from home? I don't know. 
Yeah. I don't know. Well, I, I think that's an easy one in terms of, hey, they're cutting the they're cutting the jobs right now because they're right. increasing their runway, right? You know, lower your burn. We're going into an inflationary market or we're in an inflationary market. Hey, let's uh, let's reduce uh, how much money we're spending here. Uh, yeah. We'll do more with less. I think across the board, everyone's understanding that and getting that picture that they need to do that. Unless we can get our governments to turn around and maybe open up some uh, oil pipelines and bring yeah. down the prices of some of these things. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know. It, I'm not going to get into conspiracy theories, but it's just interesting that they don't want to allow us to have more access to f our own fuel, which right. which we clearly have. Um, they're making it harder uh, on the farmers with fertilizer, which increases the price of food, which we also clearly have. And yeah. uh, and they're increasing taxes. Yeah. And, the, and the diesel fuel shortage that nobody's talking about. There's 28 days or 30 days of diesel fuel. And, you know, so, yeah, yeah there's a lot that... And maybe they'll figure it out. At least let's hope so. Because, yeah. and we got to remember, we're we're still in one of the greatest countries in the in the world, the yeah. greatest country in the world. Yeah. Um, it's a little divided right now, but hopefully yeah. we'll all figure this out. And hopefully after these elections, we move on from it. But yeah. I doubt it. But not for a while. But let's let's hope that we do, and we can learn from what we should not be, and figure out how we can all work together and grow because. Nobody wins in this environment, right? Mm. It's just nobody wins, and so we got to figure out a way that you know we got to bring a, a positive side to this and and really get this country back on track. And you know, we're well. I'm gonna a hate, lot of other countries I, depend on us. I I hate to say this, but I'm probably gonna disagree on the uh, on nobody wins because the reality uh, is is that yeah. there's a lot of opportunity for for investors. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, into I mean, this that, market, right? Yeah. I, I mean, and I actually feel bad to yeah. some degree because you and I have seen down markets before yeah. and, and we've watched as people have been wiped out and have been hurt. And you kind of have two choices. Do you sit back and go, oh, you know what? Everyone's getting hurt. Or do you realize that this is just a cycle that human beings participate in on a consistent basis? As much as I'd love to blame the government, yeah. It happens over and over again, and so you can't really blame right. them, right? It's so, actually it's a long overdue cycle. You know, yeah. we've we've been in an upswing for quite a while. No, I meant by nobody wins is you know the politicians win because, yeah. but the rest of us, you know, we got to go out and find that opportunity. And you're right; it, it's there will be a lot of opportunity, and yeah. in all asset classes, I think. Well, I don't know about residential again, but in uh, stock market and real yeah. estate. Yeah. Um, okay, on that note, since we're, and as a professional in the space, I, I want to ask you this. Facebook has been making a, this huge move to meta, to mm -hmm. virtual reality. Yeah. I, I've, we have a, an Oculus, and I, I've seen some of the programs in there. They've already got a virtual reality chat. They've got uh, a board meeting. Yeah. Um, sort of game where you can do this kind of stuff and they are putting a lot of money into mm -hmm. virtual reality and you're really starting to see I'm I'm looking up the road and I'm going they want to make a push 
to convert us over to virtual reality where we don't we don't need to go into the office you know where we don't even need to get out of a chair which is why i happen to like uh multifamily uh residential real estate yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know because someone's always going to have to have a place to put their body um yeah and, exactly you know feed themselves so i don't know about the offices but what what can you say anything about that i know it's too far ahead to really say anything with any authority but but to some degree everyone's like we're literally going to put ourselves into the matrix yeah yeah you know i had this conversation with an older gentleman the other day and he goes you know my grandparents and parents all worked in 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 industry you know they were um manufacturing and farming and that kind of stuff he goes and then my generation we're all sitting in offices and everything is kind of it's all done with mechanic you know the all the farm equipment has gotten so much better you need a lot less farmers you need a lot less people in the warehouses he goes now we're all going in offices he goes the next phase is going to be you're going to have to control ai you're going to have to know how to control your the ai and he goes, that's the next phase. He goes, that's where we're going. He goes, and the thing is, it was, it was very interesting getting his perspective. And um, he goes, if you don't know how to control that AI, you know, you're you're going to be left behind. So you've got to be learning constantly. And um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be, I mean, there was a lot coming out before the pandemic or during the pandemic with some companies. I think EXP was on. I don't know if they're still there or not. I know they were there doing it and they were doing virtual meetings and all that. You don't see much about it right now, but you know. And then there was the people that were buying in in, uh, in all these channels and buying real estate. And you know, there's a difference between there's speculation and there's investing, right? Mm -hmm. And I didn't. I got into an interview. I was on a podcast. I said, "Well, that's not really investing because investing is taking historical data, putting it together current, and then look at where you think it's going to go." Yeah. There's no previous information, historical data yeah. about what's on uh, online. And um, that created some conversation. And it was it was pretty interesting to hear their take on it. Um, they didn't agree. They thought it was real estate investing still. But, you know, it's yeah. there's a lot of ifs to be worked out yet in that. Yeah. OK, well, let, let's I mean, we've talked about a lot of ifs. Let, let's talk about the, uh, uh, you know, the true test that we know of, because there's these ifs that you can put a certain amount of money, you can put some money on, make some bets, whether it's crypto, whether it's AI, mm -hmm. whether it's these things. But we know that their steady eddy is out there. It's why we do real estate. It's why we love mm -hmm. teaching it. It's why we, we preach it. And and so the, so the question is for people that are already, most of the people that are watching you and I are already in real estate yeah. and they're trying to figure out what's the next step that I should be looking at in my journey. Maybe I've already got a couple of properties and I'm trying to figure out uh, what's the next go, where I put my money. Do I do I keep doing hard money lending, private lending? Do I uh, move into commercial spaces? Do I stay in residential? Do I move into multifamily? What's some of the thought processes, uh, the mentoring that you would give to people to as they're trying to figure out this next step in their journey going into 2023? I tell you know, and I was guilty of this when I first got into it. I had eggs in so many baskets that you know it was hard to control them all. And I tell everybody, do what you know right now. Only do what you know. If it's STNLs, then stick with that right now. If it's multifamily, 
find the right assets, do more calls, cast away, find more multifamily, but only do what you know. You know, don't be doing something that looks like a good deal to you because if you don't understand it, you could get your ass handed to you. Yeah. I've seen it. I've sold those properties. Yes. People that got in, I'm like, how people, I'll give you an example. So a guy from, uh, I actually bought the properties, how I know about it. So it was a uh, 73 unit multifamily deal in Dallas, Texas. Yeah. And um, we were looking there. It came up. It was off market deal. They brought it to me. I'm looking at it and I'm looking at the numbers. I'm like, these numbers don't seem right. So we get it in, in, uh, in escrow and I'm sitting there with a property manager and she said, are you going to keep me on? I said, honestly, I can't afford to. She goes, what do you mean? I said, well, your salary is almost double what everybody else in the market is. And she goes, well, what is that? And the property management company had been charging almost double and keeping half of it. And so, but this guy didn't know the market. He was a Northern California guy, went into Dallas, Texas, didn't know the market. They were charging him that for the, the property manager, for a maintenance person that was no longer there and uh, free units. Wow. And this guy was losing his property because he didn't understand the market. Right. You know, right. you've got to know what you're doing otherwise. And, you know, people will take advantage. So you've really got to know what you're, you're doing. And now's the time to really focus on what you know and build mm -hmm. on that. Yeah. Well, that, that's, uh, that's a pretty scary story, um, you know, because yeah. someone wasn't really paying attention. And well, that I went, happened. He, he didn't know. He didn't understand yeah. the business. So I went back to him. I'm like, listen. I know we're in escrow and I'm willing to walk away, but you need to understand that you, this is what's happened to you. And he goes, I just want out of it. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay. And, and I think that's what we're walking into here, especially yeah. into 2023 is people are going to start saying, I just want out of it. Whether, yeah. whether it's a single family house, whether it's a multi-unit, there are going to be people, office buildings. There are just going to be people that say, I just want out of it. Pay mm -hmm. me this much. And, and yeah. I'll walk away. I just want my right. money back and hopefully I yeah. won't lose as much. And we've seen that. And we've, you know, we've seen brokers or agents or investors that yeah. have just overpaid. And yeah. they're, you know, we were selling it and they came in, they just overbid everybody else to get the property. And I'm like, yeah. and it was cash. So yeah. our seller's like, yeah, let's take it. And I'm like, okay, well, this guy is going to be a, he's going to have some, they're, they're going to have some issues. And so, I, have, I have to tell you something, Joe, right now, I'm ticked off about this. So if you guys are listening, I I, I want to say this. I, I've lent out money uh, this year. And one of the things that I've continually talked to people about is a speed of execution. You've got to yeah. be able to move. And I have watched as people sit around on uh, on these projects that they're working on, do, doing this, doing that. And Meanwhile, the the ground is shifting under them, and next year they're going to turn around and say, "Oh, you know, uh, this." They're going to blame it on the market. They're going to blame it on all these things. And Meanwhile, the <laughs> yeah, and the broker. Oh, it wasn't a good and property. Probably the lender. Yeah, right. They're going to blame yeah. it on all the things. Interest yeah. rates changing. Meanwhile, they they didn't. Uh, there wasn't the speed of execution, and um, and unfortunately when the markets turn you see um like the flippers and and those kind of guys going out first because it disappears but yeah. uh yeah, one of the things i find that people abuse in the industry in real estate as a real estate investor is time yeah 
Oh, you know, I got a classic example happened to us Friday. We put a property on the market, price right at market. We've got four offers on it. The seller Saturday said, you know, since we got such great activity, why don't we just hold off and see if we can get more offers? I'm like, <laughs> you know, and this, this is a friend. So uh, I'm like, well, uh, let me explain the process to you. And so a lot of it's going to be education uh, on, for that kind of situation. And, but yeah, it's, there's, you're going to have to be educating people because there's, yeah. there's all this information out there. You just have to be willing to hear it. I mean, if people didn't know interest rates were going up, that's kind of, you know, <laughs> we don't know what's coming. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, but the, and then there's such a knee jerk reaction to these interest rates too. Right. And I'm sure you're yeah. seeing it, Neil is, yeah. you know, Oh my God, interest rates get rent up. I can't afford it anymore. Do the math and see how much, mm -hmm. if it, maybe it only added, you know, 500 bucks a month to your payment or 200 bucks a month to your payment. Do the math. Don't yeah. just stop. Yeah. Oh, I've, I've started to see a lot of people giving advice in this area and I'm, and I'm thinking it, it, please don't, please don't, unless you actually know the person's situation and what they're going through. Um, because there, there are some really important things happening where everyone ha has been like, oh, it's going to be done now. Well, it's going to be done now. It's going to be, so yeah. stick, stick with what you've got, stick with what you got. Meanwhile, you don't know. We don't know if rates are going to go up another, well, we're pretty sure they're going to go up at least another point over the next couple of months, but they could go up two points. For all we know, they could go up two and a half, three points mm -hmm. into next year if inflation doesn't pull back, yeah. right? And so if someone is going, oh yeah, we've seen the worst and you can't afford to make it to the other end, yeah, you're done. And and yeah. it's, it's over with, right? You'll you'll end up losing your your house, your property before you ever get there, and you really have to do the numbers. Well, you're see seeing what can you, you handle, right? Yeah, you're seeing a lot of people that are doing the B R R R R. Done the R's. <laughs> yeah. They get all four R's in there. Um, you know, they're struggling right now. Um, yeah. The people that bought in certain areas uh, with Airbnbs. Yes. Uh, oh, Airbnbs. You know, they're, yeah. They're sitting vacant. Yeah. And what are they going to do now? You know, yeah. now that the prices have come down a little bit in residential, depending on the market, yeah. you know, unless you're in a heavy tourist driven area, you know, it's going to be a battle. You're talking, I was talking yeah. to a guy that has, I think, seven Airbnbs in Palm Desert, and some of them have not been leased out since July. Oh, wow. You know, you just can't get them leased out. Yeah. And, you know, he's, there's plenty of homes on the market right now. So he's trying to figure out what to do. So, and he called I me. And said, I don't do residential, but I would be reducing. And you know, I got to, actually I talked to the mayor of Palm Springs about this probably six years ago when everybody was yeah. buying Airbnbs out there. He goes, when there's a downturn, he goes, we're going to have a real problem. And you know, I owned a real estate tech company at the time that I was operating, and so and we were all about tenant screening. And I just thought everybody doing these Airbnbs and all that should be doing tenant screening and. Um, you know, so I was talking to him about it and he goes, yeah, we got a real problem because we have two million being sold. So they were trying to cap it at the time. I didn't follow up with it to see what really happened, but I would think that that's probably playing a little true right now. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I want to just switch gears here because I want to make sure I give time for you to talk a little bit about uh, the Wire Foundation. Oh, okay. can, can you tell us, can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I think that uh, you're, you've been involved with that for a while and uh, I believe... Yeah. The founder, yep. 
Yeah, yeah. That- Founders of my business. We had a um, another business years ago called Learning Link Centers, and we yeah. bought multifamily properties in low-income areas, and we would take a percentage of the building and we would put in a or percentage of the units. We put school teachers in them and discount their rents, and they were always local teachers. Wow. And for the discount rent, they tutor all the kids that live in the building. And these were all in, um, I don't know if you know L.A. or not, but Baldwin Village. Have you ever seen Training Day? That's Baldwin Village. <laughs> Tough okay, area. Yes. Yes. And, um, you know, and so we would. King we Kong's talk. got nothing on me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah it, was, it was a tough area we were out there. And yeah. um, but we would take a percentage of units, put school teachers in them, discount the rents because teachers at the time and they probably still are were driving after school because they weren't making enough money to tutor. So uh, the school that we bought around, um, the teachers could just walk to and from and they could then get a rent reduction for teaching. And so it worked out well. And then we put in a, a studio or one bedroom, we turned it into a resource room and that's where the teachers would teach the kids every night. And so that went gangbusters. And we started wow. a foundation called uh, Education Advantage Foundation and that was all done to give kids uh, to get them onto higher education, uh, scholarship programs, and then to um, get them to do life enrichment events. Like we took them skiing. A lot of kids have never been out of L.A. Uh, and uh, well, we took them up to the ski. We didn't take them skiing, actually. I have insurance that have shot us. But we take them up to the mountains where everybody was skiing uh, and we would go fishing. We do all kinds of stuff with them during the summer. We go to the beach. Uh, we would go do uh, NBA basketball games. They went in to see how a radio uh, DJ uh, performs. They got all this other stuff. And so we owned those buildings for seven years. And then we had some investors that said, listen, we're only supposed to hold these for five, which we were. Uh, Let's sell the buildings. And we were were, honestly, we're out of kids. So our biggest weakness there, and this goes back to doing due diligence, is it stabilized a community that was constantly turning over. But then the kids all started going up in the system and then they went on to higher education and went and got a job. So we were out of kids in the program and we're like, well, now what? So you have to sell the buildings and start over. And I just talked to one of the students yesterday and we sold those buildings eight years ago. So we're still okay. t- in touch with a lot of the kids and um, his mom still lives there. So he goes, yeah, a lot of the people still live there. And um, so we were like, I don't know how we're going to do this. So we sold the buildings. We kept the foundation and we just turned it into wire foundation mm-hmm. and it's women in real estate. And our goal is to, and, uh, to, Oh, got it. Wire women, well, in, women real in real estate. estate. Yeah. Got it. Yep. Okay. And I was just dealing with, uh, talking to the people at crew this morning. I want to get more involved Actually, we had to kind of stop it during the pandemic. Right. So right. we moved it online. That was struggling. It's really hard. It was really hard because I'm, the young women aren't really getting enough out of it. I think online. And so I just was having conversations this morning. So it's amazing that you brought it up about how I can go back and really get in person again. And so mm-hmm. we're kind of rebuilding that right now. But yeah, it's, you know, a lot of young people, young women from lower income areas want to get into real estate. They just don't know how. So we go out and help them find a mentor and then they connect and then they'll have meetings. Uh, they'll come and sit in the office with them. And we had one young lady that was from Orange County. We just hired her actually. And so she came on board part-time to help our marketing team. And so that's really what it is. So. Wow. That's amazing. Well, well listen, if, uh, if I can ever uh, help out with that or if I can uh, 
connect you with somebody that might be able to help out if you're ever looking for any female speakers in real estate. I mean, oh, granted, it'll be different, but uh, yeah. in our different markets, but uh, I think yeah. it, it that, that'd be awesome and very yeah. empowering to be able to yeah. do that, right? Trying to create opportunities. So I think it really helps the young women in those communities and, yeah. and it helps our industry. So it's kind of a win-win. Yeah. Yeah, love it. Hey, well, listen, if you're if you're listening right now and you want to help out, uh, maybe speak or teach or mentor or, or anything uh, or maybe get involved in some other way. Uh, Joe, but well, first of all, how would someone get in contact with you if they were interested in doing something like that? Right there. That's the website or in my email is Joe at JoeKellinger.co. OK, great. No. So with the, with our last couple minutes here, let me ask you, Joe. What is next for uh, for Joe Killinger? We're just sitting. It's we're growing our commercial real estate company in Los Angeles. So we're out recruiting people right now, mm-hmm. um, looking for good team members. We're always looking for good entrepreneurs to bring in, and we do a lot of training. We do train. Our CEO does classes Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays at eight thirty a.m. And then we, you know, and we our commissions are higher than anybody else in the industry. And the reason being is you're going to earn it because we're going to train you <laughs> and then we're going to cut you loose and you're going to earn it. You're going to get out there and earn it right now. Right. So, yeah. Um, but I'm a firm believer in, in paying people for what they're worth. I mean, even our marketing team, uh, you know, they get paid well. Plus, if they bring a deal in on our own marketing, they get a fee. And so it, it kind of we're just trying to build that team concept. But so we'll focus on the brokerage and our investments. Uh, we're going to launch uh, as next year part of our um, uh, it will become a brokerage investment or invest, investment brokerage house. Mm-hmm. And so we'll focus on that. And then our YouTube channel. I really am enjoy doing the YouTube channel that we have uh, and because it's helping a lot of people. I'm very fortunate to have such an active group of subscribers. Yeah. Yeah. that will reach out and say, hey, can you do a video on or can can uh, you touch on this or they'll reach out and ask a question. So uh, that is this is something I'm really enjoying. Yeah, brilliant. That That's great. I was just going to ask you about the YouTube channel. Uh, channel. And yeah. um, what what is the YouTube channel, by the way? It's I just under my name, Joe Killinger. And, okay. um, you know, it's you can go on YouTube, just put in Joe Killinger. It should pop up. It's yeah. a smaller community. We're just really growing. We got on a couple of networks for being one of the fastest growing commercial real estate channels. No, no, it, it's yeah. not smaller. It's intimate. It's well, intimate okay. Yeah, we can go yeah. with that. We yeah. can go with intimate. But it is. I mean, it's my, the subscribers are, they're very passionate about the business. Yes. And, you know, a lot of them reach out, maybe not even on YouTube. Some of them, they'll reach out on LinkedIn or they'll reach out on Instagram. Uh, they end up following everywhere and they ask a lot of questions. And so yeah. I'll spend a few mornings every week on a phone call with somebody walking them through, especially the people who really want to learn how to be a commercial real estate agent. Mm-hmm. And some of the bigger companies are just not getting enough training. Right. And um, so we do that and I enjoy it. I just absolutely yeah. love it. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Okay. And, uh, and on the personal front, what, uh, what's up for, for Joe uh, in 2023? just more what, what do you what, let me let me ask this question to, to end us off what yeah. do you love about your life joe i would say the team that we built i yeah. just feel very you know I'll, I'll give you one quick story you know when i first got to la i had no money i mean i was yeah. i slept in my car a couple nights found a place to live um and that's a whole different thing but i was end up cutting trees and i was at loyola marymount cutting trees on the weekend so i do 
uh, telemarketing during the day. And on the weekends, I'd cut trees. And you ever cut a palm tree, you have to cut from the bottom up. And I'm at Loyola Marymount, Ocean Breeze. I'm swinging back and forth and I'm cutting and, you know, just everything's falling on you since you have to mm -hmm. cut from the bottom up. And I'm yeah. looking down and I thought, you know, here's all these pretty young ladies. Walk. Now, keep in mind, I'm in my early 20s. So uh, all these pretty young ladies walk around like, you know, what? they're never going to talk to me. There's no reason to even talking to them. And I always thought, you know, the day I get to go to the office and be around people I want to be around. Now, I love the people I was around at that time. Yeah. But I knew this wasn't a career. That wasn't a career for me. It was just a, a job. And I just thought, you know, the day that I get to go be around people I want to be around and I can control my destiny, yeah. then that's it. And I'm going to be in a damn suit every day because I was so sick of being covered in dirt. So <laughs> that was my epiphany. Yeah. So thank that, you. Loyal that's right. Love it. So so no more. Uh... No more cutting trees and uh, getting dirt on you, wearing suits uh, I, and more you know, for 2023. I, always, I grew up on a farm in Nebraska, so, yeah. you know, I was used to it. You know, I was on a working yeah. farm and that's what, you know, we did chores. Yeah. Pick chores, cattle chores before we went to school every morning. And, yeah. you know. You, you're not afraid of hard work. You just no, want to do a different no, type you, of hard work. Showing up in a suit every day in the office, if people think this is hard work, I'm going to introduce you to some of my relatives and I'll see if you can spend a week with them back on a farm because <laughs> that is, that was, especially in the wintertime, that yeah. that makes you, it makes you very thankful to do what I do every day and the people I do yeah. it with. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I get with this YouTube channel, I'm meeting people all around the country, actually all around the world that yes, just absolutely amazing that are doing nothing but trying to, to build something. And I love talking to people that are building something. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Well, guys, if you want to, uh, you know, if you want to get more of Joe, uh, please go to joekillinger.co um, or go find him on YouTube, uh, Joe Killinger. And uh, any any other place that they can find you? Uh, I'm, I'm everywhere. LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. It's all under Joe yeah. Killinger. Um, yeah. Reach out. If you have any questions or if I can connect you with somebody that's in my connections, I'll be happy to do that. Yeah. Love it. Joe, uh, thank you. Any any parting words, uh as we end off here, stay positive. Don't, don't, don't listen to shut that TV off and stay positive. There's opportunity out there. Yeah. You know, you just got to find it and, you know, go get it. Yeah. Love it. Don't, don't, don't believe the hype out there. So, yeah. uh, that, that's great. Joe, thank you so much for coming on guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of the leadership to wealth podcast, and we'll see you again next time.